Looking like a born again Living like a heretic Listening to Arthur Lee records Making all your friends feel so guilty about their cynicism And the rest of their generation Not even the government Are gonna stop you now But are you ready to be Heartbroken Are you ready to be Tub full of vitamins On account of all the seriousness You say you're so happy now You can hardly stand Or lean over on the bookcase If you really want to get straight Read Norman Mailer Or get a new tailor Are you ready to be Heartbroken Are you ready to be Heartbroken Are you ready to bleed What would it take, what would it take to wipe that smile off of your face? Are you ready to be, are you ready to bleed? Good afternoon. You've got Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel, and I'm so happy to be speaking today with Lloyd Cole in the studio. Um, I should say we're taping the show. It's Thursday, March 19th, 2015. Lloyd, thanks for coming down to WCBN today. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. And you've just you've just rolled into town and you're playing a show at the Ark. Um, and so thanks. Thanks for coming to the station. It's great to see you. Well, and <laughs> I'm actually, I, I, I enjoy visiting Ann Arbor. How, I, had, I had excellent barbecue last night, same as last time. Probably ooh. can't mention where it was, but it, people will probably know. Was it at Slows in Detroit? or No, no, in town, Zingerman's. Oh, oh there you go. Yeah, they, they, they have very good barbecue. <laughs> they do. Were you at the Roadhouse? Yeah. Oh, very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Um, uh, yeah, you can't, you can't, I think, come to Ann Arbor without... A visit to one of the Zingerman's yeah. locations, yeah. First right? Time, first time I was the deli, and then I found out about the Roadhouse. Yeah. Did you get a sandwich? Oh, of course, like one yeah, of I, the could, I could eat about a quarter of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh come on, Lloyd! <laughs> did you get the crispy pickle, or did you get the um, the oh, extra dill, like the? I can't remember, did... but I remember that they that, that I don't know very much about pickles, to be honest. But uh, I do remember them saying, "Which do you want?" I was like, "I don't know. I'm English." <laughs> Oh, you used that, did you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you've lived in the States for a couple of decades now, I, right? Yeah, I, I lived in New York for 11 years, and for the first nine years, I couldn't stand the taste of pickle. I finally, I don't know when it finally hit me, but I finally started to enjoy pickles just as I left New York. Do you think you had had them roughly 20 times by that time? Because they say after you try something 20 times, you like it. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but how, why would you be eating something you didn't like, though? Uh, because the whole be- show is about pickles, because, Lloyd. Because <laughs> yeah, be- well, because every time I got a burger, they would put the pickles on it. Right. Yeah. Right. So. so if you didn't take it off, you would. Yeah. The, the first bite would always be the the, um, yeah. the shock of the pickle. Um, okay. Well, enough about pickles for the moment. <laughs> Let's get to some music. Um, the first song was "Are You Ready?" in parentheses to be heartbroken. No parentheses in any of my song titles. No. No, I hate parentheses. Oh, oh I'm glad you said that. But uh, I, damn I, I was, YouTube! <laughs> I was listening to it this no, morning. No, it's, it's "Are You Ready to Be Heartbroken?" and with a question mark on the end. I also, yes. I also hate it when people do song titles that are a question, but they don't put the question mark at the end. Why? Why do you 
yeah, why does that irk you? Well, so why, I agree with you. I, I just think it's it's bad English. <laughs> Representing for England and the English language exactly. today. I'm Lord definitely Lord I'm Lord. definitely always fighting for the English language. But what is that? And what does well, that I, mean I mean, for? I, love, I mean, I, I swear, it's my job. I, I, I work with language, and it's it's you know it's just it's it's fun, and it's and it and it's you know it's. Uh, uh, Obviously, language evolves. Uh, yes. And, well, it's and, a living and, thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there are certain, you know, when people talk about how, we, how we're dumbing down, there are certain occasions when, when this is true. The word deplane is not necessary. We've had, dis- <laughs> we've had the word disembark for an awfully long time. Please, we're not that dumb that we don't know what disembark means. Right. You know. Yeah, I think at some point, deplane did seem strange to me. But when you said it then, I was like, oh, that, I think I've heard it's it more than 20 word. times. It's a horrible word. <laughs> what you else? must have heard it more than 20 times, yeah. What other words do you hate? Oh, off the top of my head right yeah. now? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll give you one. Ointment. I don't like ointment. Oh, you mean you just you don't like the word full stop? Oh, that's nice. That's a bit like the Monty Python sketch, isn't it? Do you remember? Oh, that word is tinny. <laughs> Uh, uh, no, you know there. Are, gosh, there's, there, there must be there must be an awful lot of words. Uh, there, uh, gosh, what's that awful? There's an awful word that people use in uh, in sports a lot of the time now. Oh, I'm, oh. off the top of my head, I'm going to forget. So I'm going to have to let you go on to something could, next. My, I could. My memory is not what it was. In fact, I even brought notes with me. A notes for what, though? Just notes what? for talking now, in case you ask me anything. Really? Okay. Well, I'm going to try not to ask you anything. <laughs> That's going to be our goal for this free-form conversation. No, but I know what you mean. And sometimes we also have a cold today, too. So fair is fair. That kind of gets in. Um, no, in but I, I'm definitely... Some days I wake up and I feel like, boy, you know, when the Alzheimer's really kicks in, it's going to be really something. Because my, my brain is definitely not as sharp as it was 20 years ago. And certainly when it comes to to remembering things, some days are better than others. It's a little little scary. It is strange, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. there's times where, um, because you're a storyteller, you're a natural storyteller. Um, whether the stories have, well, I mean, they've got to have something true in them, but or you might be making up stories about others. But it's weird to start thinking, looking back on your own life, these parts that we've lived and then feel like some of those, the day or the night has disappeared, even though you know that there is a story there or there was something that happened in that moment um, and trying to even recreate who you were there with. Oh, there's, there are many, many songs that I've, that I've written and I think about now going, what on earth was I thinking about then? Okay, like, is, what's an example of that one, Lloyd? Like, what, well... Um, there's a song there's a song called Grace on Easy Pieces there's a song called there's a song called Minor Character which I'm pretty sure I just wrote because I thought it was a cool title because mm. that's the Joyce Johnson book uh, about the uh, the beatniks remember that book? I haven't read that one but jo- I'd like yeah, to Joyce Johnson she was a, a Kerouac's girlfriend for a while she wrote the story from oh I should know yeah, that then yeah, jeez yeah I must have read it in the past, and I've forgotten probably. Was, I read was, the it, Neil Cassidy books, like right. the one that said balls like like 20 million times. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I find myself, you know, looking at, uh, you know, 26-year-old me, 25-year-old me, it seems like quite a different person. And, 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 to, try and to try and to try and guess, because you, you can't remember, you know, I, I just can't, I can't remember the origin of all the songs. 
But it, but it's what's kind of amazing is you have this map of something that was very much what you were experiencing at that time um, in the song. I mean, but then there's artifice to the song. Yeah, absolutely. Too. There's, I mean, there's. I, 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 my intent at the time was 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 to be a commentator rather than a rather than a, 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 a confessor. Um, um, but when I look at some of the songs, especially off Rattlesnakes, you know, they're almost all written t- to try and create a character that is, is a fictitious character. But I look at them, every single song on that record is, 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 is in some way related to my year in London as a student, you know. Uh, Before you went to Glasgow. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, when my parents moved to Glasgow, I moved to London, yeah. And, uh, you know, the, uh, Charlotte Street is is the title of the song. It was really Upper Street, but uh, Charlotte Street sounds better. <laughs> they're both London streets. And it's a girl's name, too, right? Exactly, so, yeah. yeah. that would be great. And that was 1984, was it, Lloyd? 84 was when, when the album came out, but I was, I was studying in London in uh, 1980. Uh, okay. So that's interesting. So there was some lag time where you were... Where that that was sort of percolating, like well, those that was, stories you know, that was and those sort of images. My, yeah, that that year of, of of studying in London was almost certainly, you know, if I was a if I was a, a novelist or somebody who wrote memoirs, then that that would be the coming of age year. You know, I had an older girlfriend. She was twenty six when I was, Ooh. you know, nineteen. It was very exciting. Oh, you learned some things. <laughs> yeah, it seems. Why did you leave London? I only I went there because I didn't really know what I was doing. I, I allowed my father and my tutor in uh, high school to persuade me that I should have a go at studying law. Uh, it was quite quite strange, actually. When when a funny story, uh, there's a there's a there's a, a form that we used to have to fill in for to apply to university in the UK. It's called the UCCA form, U C C A, and I was very sick for maybe a month during my final year of high school. And that was the month that everybody filled in their UCA forms and had all the tutoring on how to fill the UCA forms in. And I got back from my illness, got back to studying again, and then maybe a month or two later, um, my somebody, my teacher said, where have you applied to? And I said, what do you mean? Where, oh, where? no. So, <laughs> so no one had given you... Like, so, the- I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd sort of, I'd slipped through the cracks and... and um, so I sat down, sort of in a panic, with my my tutor, and he said, "Well, you know, these are you know these are your options. It's a bit late for doing this now, but you know." Um, and I didn't, I hadn't thought about it, and and, it, and I had to make a fast decision. And I, it was either it was either waiting a year and sitting the ex- entrance exam to try and get into Oxford to study PPPE, which was politics, philosophy, uh, something in economics, which I thought would look sound like a fun course. Um, well, a complete blend. It's like yeah. it could be called life. Yeah, too. exactly. <laughs> uh, or, or try and um, get into somewhere this year. Um, and 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 at you know, seventeen years old, the idea of waiting a year seemed Forever. ludicrous. Yeah, yeah. So I just you know I just I, I I allowed myself to be persuaded, and you know I got into a fairly quote unquote prestigious law school. Uh, in in the UK, you can study law as your primary degree. You don't need to have another degree to, to do it. Uh, and it was all very exciting. It was London. That was made very welcome. But it only took me about three or four months to realize that studying law was just loathsome to me. I mean, it's basically just memorizing. I mean, once you've 
become a lawyer, you can use the skills that you've developed and you can use your imagination, but there's no imagination involved at all in the actual early le- learning stages. I think they so, kind of break, like wring it out of you and break yeah. you down so that you rebuild it some. Was, yeah, it was. It was. It was way. basically just memorize this, memorize that. And I went to the dean, and I said, I, I hate this. I think I should leave. And he was a very nice gentleman. He said, Well, if you leave now, there's no way you can go anyway. So why don't you try and stick out the year? And if you still feel the same way at the end of the year. Then, then yes, sure, you should leave. And and I did still feel the end, the same at the end of the year. And he gave me a really lovely sort of reference, and I, I was able to just walk into studying liberal arts in uh, Glasgow University without. When really I shouldn't. And I was a I was a I was a useless dropout that really that really should. <laughs> I got lucky. <laughs> and that's and when you went there, you got lucky in that way. And that's where you also met some of the, the friends that were to be the commotions? Absolutely, yeah. I, I, I met Blair, who was the keyboard player, um, and through through the sort of music scene in Glasgow, I, yeah, I met everybody that became the, the commotions. Who came up with that as your name? The commotions? <laughs> I, I, honestly, I can't remember. I can't remember. Um, all... All, all, I, all I remember about it was that was that we were very quiet, so we thought it was quite a funny name. Uh, I mean, we were we we're an awfully quiet band when we started. We the, there's a picture. Uh, there's this actually. We we're just talking earlier before we went on air that uh, Rattlesnakes has just been remastered to be part of this big box set that um, the record company's putting out. A sort of collection of. All, Almost a sort of completest collection of almost everything the, commo- the commotions did, and and we found some early photographs, and there's there's one of me playing guitar in Neil Clark's apartment above the um, tenants' bar. It's where we used to, we used to rehearse in Neil's apartment above the tenants' bar, and there's a picture on the wall of our, our mock-up, and it was Lloyd Cole and the Lost Generation was our original idea for the name, and that <laughs> that never stuck. Probably thank probably not a bad thing. I, lo- I well, I love the idea of the commotions, and then you're playing this very um, evocative m- music. Yeah, instead of you know, you weren't kicking down and when we came, doors when, when, in yeah, that way. When we first came to America as well, uh, Lloyd is uh, primarily an African American name in America. It's in, in 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 the UK, it's Welsh, but you don't see a lot of Lloyds in America who are white. Uh, and the name, the commotions, and I mean, a lot of people thought we must be an R and B band. Oh yeah, from the name, right, right. Yeah. No, that makes that. <laughs> yeah, like and the temptation, or yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that, and you came over to the states. When did you like? Did you tour with yeah, Rattlesnakes in eighty four, or did uh, you? We toured at the beginning of eighty five. Okay. And yeah, that was that was just amazingly exciting. We 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 were we were the bee's knees for a minute uh, and uh, yeah we played we, you know we, we were in New York we played Irving Plaza um, Chris and Tina from the Talking Heads came to see us you know we, we were very very excited oh yeah that yeah. must have been something yeah. and then and then just uh, did you then go across the, the US into like the big cities oh or? we I, I remember uh, the, the flight home Lawrence and I were sitting on, on the flight back from Los Angeles when we were just saying don't want to go back don't want to stay here. <laughs> so there was something about the states that you felt really clicked, or was it more LA I at think that point? It, I, no, I think it was. It was just you know, it's novelty when, you, when, you, when you're young. Novelty, adventure, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you went back to the UK. We went back. We made another album. We came toured again 
in the about a year later, uh, and then that was that was it for the commotions in America. By the time we made our third album, we 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 knew that we were we were going to be splitting up after it, and there was a there was a there was a lag between that album being released in the rest of the world and being released over here, and so the commotions never made it over here for the final tour. How do you how do you just know that it's time? Oh, because it was awful. <laughs> it was just very, very difficult. It was more and more, you know. It, I'm very, very, very happy with my my time in the band in terms of the music we made, and we're all still. Everybody in the band still gets on with each other. There's no, there are no grudges, I don't think. But being in a band was not easy. Uh, and it got more and more difficult, uh, and it got to the point where I just thought, I just don't, I don't want to be in a band. I don't. If this is what I have to do to make music, I don't want to do it. It was just, uh, it was just a bit like being part of the machine, and I just got, and I, and I just, I allowed it to, to become a, a, a pressure. Uh, I, uh, I felt like, you know, if I wanted to take, you know, what if I, as, just as a writer, what if I decided, oh, I want to go to Jamaica and I want to hang around and. And, and and see what happens when I write there. Well, then I'm basically putting five other people's careers on hold, and 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 yet I wanted the freedom to be able to do that if I wanted. So I didn't want other people's career to be dependent upon my whims. Let's take a short break, and then we'll talk more today with Lloyd Cole. I'm T. Hetzel. You've got Living Writers. We've got Brandock behind the glass. We'll be right back. Living Writers. I'm T. Hetzel. Today, Lloyd Cole is here. We've just been listening to a song off the latest album, Standards, called Period Peace. 
We have. And this is a song that gets us to talking a little bit about the writing, because Lloyd, you said this song was sort of 10 years in the making as an idea. As an idea, yeah. I, 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 in fact, maybe even longer than that. Um, um, I keep all my notebooks, and every now and again I'll, I'll kind of look through old notebooks and see if, I, if there's something brilliant there that I didn't do anything with, because yeah. cause quite often the, the, the seed for a song could just be a word or just a phrase or, 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 or a sentence. Uh, very rarely is it, very rarely is it, very rarely do I sketch down um, something detailed in terms of what the song, like a, like a, like a screenplay. I, I, like usually, an outline, like yeah, a complete very, very something rare, whole. Yeah, yeah, very rarely do I have an outline. Usually I just have a, like a germ of an idea. And, um, and I just thought it would be lovely to, 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 to write a song from the point of view of, 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 of something vanquished on the ground reminiscing about how great things were when it wasn't vanquished. And then I thought, I mean, what if that was inanimate, like the Berlin Wall lying on the ground while you 2 were celebrating its demise? And then I, so I, 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 I sketched down Berlin Wall song, and it took me, yeah, about, took me about, yeah. I, I had a, an initial sketch for it when I was making an album called Antidepressant in 2006, but didn't quite get it finished. And then... And then I started playing around with those chords again when we were working on standards, and um, I think I just came up with that sort of mama. I think I just might have met my match, which is kind of like a knocking on heaven's door kind of opening. So it could, you know. And the thing, the thing that I love about songwriting and my job is that is that when people hear my songs, they obviously don't hear my intent, and and I like that. Uh, the the majority of people listening to this th- song thought that it was a um, it was a, a a nostalgic sort of reminiscent song from the point of view of a character like me, and 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 if you look at it from that perspective, then you could go, oh yeah, that that would work too. It, yeah. Yeah, and and that's that's what's lovely about a song. That's what's lovely about art in general. In the in that if we don't have if we don't have the listener or the beholder having a sort of reflective interaction with the art, then the art is boring. And why you're making it is because you want to have it out in the world. Absolutely. My you... music is absolutely... It's not for me. Uh, I mean, I, I use my aesthetic, my judgment, to decide if I think it's good enough to put out there. But once it's out there, yeah, it's... it's. It, I, listen to, I listen to my songs incessantly while I'm... Uh, I, I'm, I'm creating them, but once they're finished, I don't listen to them at all. I mean, it's nice to hear them, you know, if somebody's playing them on the radio, if you walk into a store and one of your songs is playing. Um, but no, I don't, I mean, they're not for me. They're done. They're finished. Right. And unless then you're delivering them, like, on, it's on a stage or yes, so. Yes, absolutely. Or... or if I have to relearn or if I have to revisit a song and think, is there a way that I... Uh, how, if, is there a way that I could adapt the song to an acoustic arrangement, for example? You know, then uh, in fact, it took a little while to even adapt this song to an acoustic arrangement, but I, but I figured one out. I'll probably be playing it tonight. Huh. And do you? That's interesting that you you say that because there was because there was a time where you were traveling with the band, like we talked about at the beginning, and then um, there was a time where you were more solo, and then a time where you had a small ensemble. 
Yes, and then and then and then I do actually have a band that I'm working with again in in Europe, uh, but it's very much a sort of part time thing. Um, they all have uh, they've got their own band and they've all got day jobs. But every now and again, uh, we're able to schedule a run of a couple of weeks or something uh, playing with the band. But mostly, mostly my my live show is a, you know, it's a sort of like a stand up stand up show really. It's just me with songs and a guitar and talking and singing. So you have then re- like the arrangements have like you were saying, have shifted for all the songs that you're playing. And they, and they, they evolve, and they evolve. And over, evolve. And they evolve over the years of playing them acoustically as well, because um, I've seen a couple of people um, do a similar show to the show that I do and being terribly disappointed by their lack of ambition for what they did with the arrangements. So that... You know, you see, you see somebody and they think, well, you know... You, they just sort of strum all of the songs in the same way, ah. and and it makes uh, unless you're you know unless you're Chris Christopherson, it's pretty hard to pull that off. He pulls it off because he, he I don't think he thinks about it, and his songs are so strong that he that, that they're able to withstand his complete lack of ambition with the arrangements. Uh, but uh, uh, but you know unless unless you're as good as that, you you need to put some more work into it. So so you know one of my you know. I, I work pretty hard at making it look like I haven't worked very hard at doing it, but I, have, I actually I do I do sit down and I, I I I put a lot of work into trying to make sure that the arrangements are are as interesting and as and as good as I can do. Yeah. It, just in the same way as that we you try and work out a great arrangement for a band. It's solo. The, it still has to be an arrangement. And and there is something that's called for that's different when you're you're imagining what this new thing will be. I guess I'm trying. I don't know why I'm trying, struggling to define the word arrangement when I, I, know, I know what you're, you're, you're saying, Lord. Well, I think it's it would be it, it would almost be like you know from a writer's perspective, it would almost be like taking, uh, you know, taking a short story or something, and and trying to and trying to turn it into maybe a play a, or or, or, or so, turning into a or poem so, or something. Screenplay. You know, yeah. uh, you know, taking the essence of something, and then and then and then putting it to a, to a, a, a very different beat. Uh, so when you play, are you ready to be hard pressed? Mitchum presents great moments in life make you sweat. How was that? I don't know. <laughs> that well, was, fortunately, that was a that was a, that was a little freeform action there. <laughs> a little. Um, <laughs> um, let's see. Actually, that was the live. That was live that just kicked in. I think because we can. It's the same thing we're hearing through the wall. Oh wow! Yeah, it is. It's what? Oh no, maybe not. Oh. Me- Maybe it, well, don't don't worry. Okay, well, we'll wait. Where were we? Okay. You're saying when I'm when it, so when I'm playing, are you ready to be heartbroken live? Right. So that is different. Um, when you play, like for example, at the Ark, where it'll be you, the guitar, right, uh, the audience. Um, so that'll be when that's a, it's a different song than the one that we just heard that opened the show. It's actually that that is probably one of the songs that's closest in its acoustic form to the original because the original is basically led by an acoustic guitar and with some embellishments but um you know there are other songs like for example uh, butterfly from my um, don't get weird on me babe which uh, doesn't have any acoustic guitars on it and it's piano and orchestra primarily but i it, you know after trying and trying and trying i finally found a way to play that on acoustic guitar and i, I think one of the things that that's that, that drives me to doing this is is that is that i don't want 
I don't want every tour to be the same as the last. So when you know when when I go on tour, I, every time if I've got a new record, I try and adapt a few of the songs from the record into the set. I also probably try and rest a few songs because if you play songs endlessly, they can get you can become tired of them, and then you're very unlikely to do a good version of them. Um, but then it, 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 it's always interesting to try and see is there is there an is there an old song that I've that I haven't performed acoustically? Is, is, are there songs in my catalogue that that I haven't addressed yet? And still, you know, this tour I found a couple that that I had I'd never played before. And, and it's also lovely to to hear the you know the, the hardcore audience response when they go, "Oh God, he's playing that song. He's never played that before." Yes, <laughs> you know? yeah. And well, you mentioned hardcore audience, and you, Lloyd Cole, you have one. <laughs> like in like since, I mean, p- people that. Because well, we talked about how you for for three decades, you've you've been giving songs to the world, and so you do have a hardcore audience that will. I think it feels like qu- quite willing you fo- follow you to any next project that you do. I'm not sure about any next project. Um, I do I do have a sort of a a second life as a, an electronic musician, and I think oh, right. I think I think, yes. I think a few a few of my fans are. Or more than a few of my fans are a little bemused by that because because I'm I'm probably thought of as a as a word person primarily, and there are no words in the electronic music. Um, but uh, but yeah, some people have followed me there. I mean, and, and the nice thing about that side of my work is that I'm I'm meeting new people there as well. Um, and you made the album with Hans Joachim, or who who Rudi- was... Rudi- you can do, just we just call him Rudelius, and I think his friends call him Akim, which is short for Hans Joachim. Um, he's eighty now. Eighty. Yeah, I mean he was you know he was making uh, sort of what quote unquote kraut rock in the late sixties, early seventies, um, and I and I, I know him because I was a, a big fan of his group Cluster uh, in the seventies and made some records with Eno. Um, so many things that you know. That his, you know that's one of the lovely things about about being a fan of music. So much, so so many things lead to other things. You know, you know David Bowie and Roxy Music led to Eno, which led to Fripp and Eno, which led to Cluster and Eno, which led to me going, "Who are these Cluster people?" You know. <laughs> yeah, that's how you found Cluster. That's how I found Cluster through through Eno. Yeah. And, and now you're you're making music together. Yeah, and and the record turned out quite nicely, and I, and I actually just got. Uh, I got invited to perform uh, at a, a, a festival in in Berlin um, for uh, celebrating his 80th birthday. So I'm going to be doing I'm going to be making my debut as an electronic musician live, which is a little bit frightening because most of the stuff that I do in that respect is very structured and planned. And I'm not an improviser. I'm a kind of I'm I'm a I make I I, I construct interacting patterns with with the uh, uh, with the synthesizer and I let and then I let them work and then I let them interact with each other I'm not a I'm not a virtuoso I'm, I'm, I'm not being falsely modest there I'm absolutely not a virtu I'm not a virtuoso on any instrument I'm in fact I'm a little bit I'm a little bit maybe it maybe it's uh, maybe it's maybe it's a little defensive but music which is based around virtuosity I tend not to enjoy or distrust it in some way, or well, I mean, you can, you can see that, that that there are certain types of music which are just uh, an outlet for the ego of the musician to try and to try and receive awe 
at their virtuosity. Guitarists like Jeff Beck have got a lot, a lot of people that follow him because he's so technically gifted. But musically, I think he's almost without any talent whatsoever. Uh, um, so, so when you when you when you when you see virtuosity meeting imagination, that's where we have that's where that's where people like Miles Davis are, you know, and that you know. Bill Evans, these the the the, the, the real the the amazing musicians, but the virtuosity without the imagination is noise pollution for me. Yeah, yeah. Where does Dylan fit in on this? He's certainly not a virtuoso. He's a, as a, as a, as a, as a musician. But with the imagination. But with yes. the imagination, actually, I mean that that's why I I mean I tend to I tend to lean in that direction because that's that's the type of music that made me want to make music. And. Well, and you reviewed Tempest. Uh, I did, yeah. Salon.com asked me to review Tempest, and it was, it was a really strange experience. It was, uh, there was a deadline. So. Were, you, so were you already listening to the, the Dylan's album by that point? Like, or were you and heavily invested in it? Or did they, Salon, say, would you do this? I hadn't heard the album. It was, it was a, when, when you get to review albums, you, uh, you get them before anybody else hears them anyway. So, so um no, it was. It was. I, I received a special uh, um, link on the internet to get an advanced download of the album, and uh, yeah, it made the uh, made me cry three times in one day uh, with a, with the same song each time. The song called uh, uh, "Long and Wasted Years," um, and really, really, really surprised me in in, in many ways. It's it, you know, it's Tempest is not blood on the tracks or. Highway 61 or, or Oh Mercy. It's not It's not one of his very best records, but it's got some absolutely fantastic songs on it. And it's got a fabulously sort of... It's, his attitude and his delivery on the record is very... Not macho's not the word, very confident. He's sort of kind of got that that kind of... You know, I know I'm Bob Dylan still. You know the kind of thing that you that 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 maybe came across as as something close to arrogant when he was a young man, but he still has it. You know, there's a lovely line in in a song called uh, um, uh, "See there I go with those um, damn what's it called? This will be uh, it's got the one with the bow diddly beat, early Roman oh. early Roman kings." Yeah. Um, I ain't dead yet. <laughs> just a great, just a great delivery. I ain't dead yet. Yeah, and there's another. I ain't afraid to make love to a to a woman or a hag. He's, you know, he's just really, he's really, really up. You know, he's really sort of in your face. Just it's kind of the same way that he seemed to be in your face in, in 1967. But he's he's an old, he's a wizened old version of that, and he's and he's sort of delivering appropriate lines for a wizened old person who's still exactly the same person with that force of that energy yeah. force that, yeah and, and, I, and, and it really made me think that I, I don't think he's got any concept of how old he is I don't think he has any, any and I don't think he ever thinks about what would be age appropriate music and I think that I have thought far too much about that and and, and, and I benefited some of the time from, from, from considering it um, but I think that that I, I've always been frightened of 
failing in the way that I've seen so many of my heroes fail, but the way that they try and hold on to something which you can't hold on to, some kind of some kind of relationship with music and youth that that that, that eventually you you lose, and if you try to keep a grasp on it, you look pathetic. Uh, I would have been haunted for years by by the sort of the image of Joe Strummer getting the mohawk when it was too late when the clash had already split up and he he was trying to present himself as do, do you know um, David Berman the Silver Jews he's probably America's best songwriter uh, contemporary in terms certainly in terms of a, of a lyricist he had uh, one of his songs that said uh, punk rock died when the first punk said punk's not dead and that's kind of what 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 it looked like when Joe Strummer got the mohawk for me. It's like he's trying to hold on to something that's already gone. Right. And I just thought, boy, I hope I never do anything like that. You know, that terrifies me to do something like that. Uh, and 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 I think what what happened was that I therefore maybe reacted mm-hmm. overly, and I, I retreated. You've held back a bit. Yeah, and I and I and I started to value. Ideas like understatement and conciseness uh, in in my work, and I and I and I ma- and I made and I and I and I moved away from the music that was the music of my youth, which was which was rock and roll based music. I moved towards music which which was which wasn't connected to rock and roll, and um, I, I I listened to Tempest and I thought, well, I wonder well, I wonder what would happen. If I didn't worry about those things, and I and I wrote uh, the album standards, trying to just sort of let it all hang out. As somebody in somebody wrote an article about me recently, saying, you know, he's letting it all hang out. It's like me letting it all hang out. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that. I'm not sure if those things can be in the same sentence. Me and letting it all hang out. But 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 there is there is a there's a flamboyance. And a, and, 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 a, and a playfulness with language in my work, which I think I may have, I may have repressed a little over the few over the last few years, and and, and maybe that wasn't so smart. Yeah, because I, I well, I think well, everything in its own time, right? Yeah, so abso- maybe this is yeah, what is meant to be, and this, this it's like another transformation again or a reclaiming of something like because if you think about it in those like the the early songs like who else has i mean how many people ever have put simone de beauvoir in a song right or norman mailer or yeah i mean uh i think i think that you know i'm I'm certainly not the not the only person out there working in this area but but um but i do feel that you know that that i but that after were... a, after a while, I did I you know I I, I had I've established a, a body of work and an identity which is not something that I should be feel like I have to be embarrassed by or or feel like I or feel like I have to constantly be doing something new um, because what is new will be new anyway. Hmm. And what is authentic to who you are is the genuine is the is what you. The art you need to make. I, I guess the that's true. You need I guess to that's true. And, and you know, growing up with with David Bowie as a hero, uh, as so many of my generation did, and you know, he invented a persona to be to get started, and then every subsequent record he made, 
He reinvented himself. And I think many of us felt that that's what we're supposed to do as as as, as mm-hmm. pop stars. I mean, Dylan did it up to a point in the way that he in the way that he presented things visually. You know, you know he, he <clears throat> you know he 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 had that wonderful sort of whatever you call it the crazy hair image, mm-hmm. the kind of clearly sort of amphetamine fueled <laughs> language genius. And you know, and then then he grew a beard and went to Nashville. Right. You know. Right. You know. <laughs> and then and then and then he did a cover version of the Boxer. You know. You know. Uh, uh, and then and then and then he went on stage wearing white makeup. You know, like a theatrical makeup. You know, the in 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 the Rolling Thunder review. So he he was always he was always presenting himself in in a, in a manner which was challenging visually, but but musically, he was just always Dylan. You know, he's the 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 the, 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 line. the variation was, from album yeah. to album is is pretty small, and he's always made blues and folk based yeah. songs um, and told the stories that were yeah. like the most vital to that moment for him. Like I ain't dead yet. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so I, I, you know, I, growing up with Bowie, felt that every album I'd made had to be different to the one before it substantially. Which I think is a legitimate idea. Thanks, th- but I, when I when I'd done five albums, I got to the sixth record, and the only decent idea I had was to try and make something that was not Lloyd Cole, which is not really very smart. And that certainly is—that's a strange idea to have as a maker. Yeah, it's not. It's not, and it wasn't healthy. It wasn't a good idea. That there are a few good songs on that record, but overall, um, I suppose I'm. I suppose I'm ultimately happy I made the record because because it, it, it very quickly illuminated the, the the fact that it was a bad idea. Which one was that, Lloyd? It's called Bad Vibes. Um, oh, 1993. T- title, too, then, for that, <laughs> oh. right? Like, almost, like you almost knew. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, yeah, maybe, maybe subliminally. Uh, um, but, you know, when, when, when I got to work on the, the album after that, I was luck, very lucky to work with a producer, Chris, uh, Chris Hughes, who's certainly the smartest musician I've ever worked with. And he just said, you know, this next record, it's just going to be you on the piano, you on the guitar, and there's not going to be anybody else. And, it's, and, and I wasn't quite sure what he was on about to start with, but basically what he was making sure was that this was very much a Lloyd Cole record, not a record of me trying to sort of trying to, to grow new wings or something. Uh, um, and since then, I've I've been fairly, you know, I'm pretty comfortable in my own skin. I'm not. I I mean, I know I'm not Dylan. I know I'm not Cohen. I just know I, I am. I am who I am. And and I've 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 written some pretty awful songs, but I've written some pretty good ones as well. That's right. That's right. And I and I love how um. You have the notebook here on the table. Well, I wouldn't have had the notebook here on the table ten years ago if I if my you know. I, I go to my doctor at least every couple of years and tell him. And one one time I, I forgot the name of the United Nations. Oh, just the body, the organization. Yeah, but I mean, I forgot. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there thinking about something. I'm going. It's a bloody big building on First <laughs> Avenue. I can see the flag. Yeah, I can see. <laughs> and I can't remember the name, the United Nations. And and I, I went to the doctor, and he said, I said I'm pretty scared about this memory loss. And he said, 
when you can't remember what the United Nations is, then you need to start worrying. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, good. Okay. What <laughs> but, a relief but, then. But, okay. but, yeah, but words but, disappear from us momentarily. And it's that it's that going for them that I think is the Oh, I think the going for them. Weird and, 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 part. And, and what, what tends to happen with me is that is that if I if I if I if it happens and I'm nervous about it, then there's almost, you know, oh, there, zero chance there, to almost no chance find I, it again. I was standing next to my sister-in-law a couple of years ago and I forgot her husband's name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it's it, that's that is yeah I I do that definitely yeah. or good friends names if hey, you have to introduce them around you great to <laughs> see you looking good <laughs> you <laughs> yeah so it ha- but that's so human isn't it that's but that's, it is but it's, it's also a strange thing you know I mean I I I, I got to the f- the point thinking when I was about forty which is quite a while ago um, I got to this, I had this distinct feeling that my my capacity was full, and that and that for me to bring new things into my life, then other things had to go onto the or be, or be the, pushed out into or the somehow. into the subconscious to make yeah. room for these new things, and therefore and therefore I became more and more and I and this is still the case I'm more and more picky and more and my, the standards that I, I, I set to, to let new things into my life are higher than they used to be. Um, you know, if I'm reading a novel now, or any kind of book, if the if the quality of the actual prose isn't great, I just can't be bothered. I just I just don't. I can't I can't spend a week, even even if the if the content is excellent, I can't spend a week getting past poor writing. Um, whereas, you know. Maybe twenty years ago, I would have been willing to do that, because 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 my capacity had room to spare. But but now I feel like I don't, and it's the, you know the, it's the same with music. If I hear, we went to see a band the other night, which I, who I will not name, but uh, but they they some friends of mine rated them very very highly, and I heard three songs. I looked at my wife and I said, "This is doing nothing for us, is it?" And she said, "No, nothing is. Let's go home then." This so I'd rather I'd rather spend quality time with my wife than listening to music which didn't excite me and you don't want to be mean about it but I just go well I, you know I don't I don't have I don't have room for that in my life I don't have time I'm, I'm 54 I might have I might have 20 good years left I, I don't want to spend them on stuff that, that that isn't vital and that urgency is something that can be a part of how you live life but also in the songs and, and maybe why this latest album is called Standards. Oh, I have no idea why it's called Standards. I think I was just being snotty again. Uh, <laughs> but you were saying you have, you've got to, I have different standards now yeah, uh, for what I'm willing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, so much in, 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 in songwriting, I think, is, is subliminal and accidental. So, so many times I've written a song and then somebody pointed out a, an aspect of it after I've written it. Uh, and then that I didn't didn't notice when I was writing it, but David Byrne says um, that he can't tell you what his songs are quote-unquote about until a couple of years after he's written them. Uh, He he writes them and then then, then it it takes him a while to kind of realize what it it might be that he's he's on on about. I, I, I don't even really like to think that songs are about anything anyway. I don't like that term. Songs. A song is, a song is a piece of art, just like a statue. And a statue isn't about something. 
A statue is a statue. A statue is it, it, it is. It is, is in it, a, it's an artifact of itself. Yeah. And, a, and it has a place and being. Yeah, exactly. So I was uh, a couple of years ago, my son was studying uh, NYU in a, a music school. And uh, they asked me to come and give a, uh, a lecture on songwriting. And I, it ended up morphing into a lecture on on aesthetics really and, and um it was not it was a nice exercise for me because it forced me to think seriously about what it is that i do um and i ended up finding that you know sontag said the same thing and i i, I don't know why i felt validated but i was just you know i was just reading reading i forget which book of hers it was but uh um, she says exactly the same thing. The, the idea that a piece of art is about something is 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 it's just it's just not a very constructive way to start the conversation. Um, and yet we do it all the time. It's lazy, you know. People will say there's a new TV show. Say, well, what's it about? Uh, that's that's usually the first question, isn't it? Um, it's it's a shame. And your songs are going to continue to sort of not be squished into that container well people can do what they wish with them you know my feeling is that when when they're there they they belong to the listener not to me thank you for sending them out into the world lloyd (laughs) thanks and thanks for talking with me today oh you're very welcome this this has been brilliant come come back anytime lloyd (laughs) thank you open invitation here at wcbn um Thanks to all you out there listening. This has been Living Writers. Today on the program, Lloyd Cole was here. Um, Until next time, I'm T. Hetzel.
never there, she doesn't live here, just a thin girl. The elevator operator told me so. So I would lay the table and wait for you to call. Staring at the myrtle and the rose, I would want for more.
across the timeline. Hit the screen for field foul. Gives it back out to Duncan. Back to Walton. Open three from the left wing. He got it. Derek Walton ties the game. The team, the, the team, the team. Seems like Mac Locher has had some issues locating both his off-speed and uh, fastball this afternoon. His wild pitch in the bottom of the fifth inning led to the game-tying run. However, Locher looking to shut out the chips here in the sixth. Locher's curveball. Up and in on McKinstry, 2-0 and now. Lozier gets the signs from Patrick, sets. D 